I was talking to my dad the other day. Yeah. I can tell that he's stressed. Like, he, I can tell the stressful times in his life when he starts talking about the deep state. You know? <laughs> he's not a Q guy, but he, he teeters. You know what I mean? He's not a Q guy because he probably doesn't know how to use 4chan. You know what I mean? Like that's he would be if he could figure that out. Like if he figured out just the he, yeah. internet in general, really. Like he wouldn't go see the thing with me because he's like it's too scary. But he's like at the same time he's also afraid that like George Soros and Bill Gates are going to kill him with engineering a famine or something like that. <laughs> like he's yeah, it's not great, dude. It's not great. But I guess you know that's my that's my canary in the coal mine to tell when the real estate market's about to crash, and then I get in there with uh, with some low offers. But really, it sucks now because it's like the way it works is it doesn't help us if the real estate market crashes because then like BlackRock just comes in and buys every house in a neighborhood and then like rents them to families and it's like an investment yeah. for them. For us poor people, we just uh, rent things. So yeah. I feel like I just want my rent to go down. I don't, I'm not in the position to yeah. buy anything. Everything's going to be like rented from here until eternity. Like you don't own your content. You don't own... Like you're, you won't own your car. They're, they're trying to push like services, like, you know, really pushing, um, like Uber's putting like, I think like 130 billion or something ridiculous. I'm probably wrong with that number, but they're putting a shitload of money into research and development. And it's like, what the fuck is Uber researching and developing other than a Johnny cab from total recall? <laughs> You know, that's Probably what, what that's what the, that's what the R and D is, you know, it, it's a, it's an Uber that won't, um, hit on you on your way home from the bar, you know, I can see a silver lining to that. Yeah. But it's also be creepy. Like Caitlin's afraid of robots. So, um, like you didn't like the Johnny. I Cap. mean, there's not actually being anything afraid, but there's always that off chance that it fails that you're, you know, in that instance, like you, it, the, the brakes give out and now you're dead in a car crash yeah. and it's like, you know, it's, it, it it's, it's not necessarily just being afraid, like, oh, no, like, you know, the, the robot's going to murder me in my sleep. But it's just if it doesn't work properly, there's going to be a consequence and you could die or, or you know, just live. I believe Caitlin is afraid of the robot killing her in her sleep. Am I wrong? I am afraid. And it's it's not so much a fear. It's just like a, a natural, like, and Stephen Hawking talked about this, the late Stephen Hawking. And if it's good a enough side for him, pussy king. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. It is called the technological singularity, which basically means that eventually our AI is going to become so advanced that it becomes sentient. And it's going to then progress beyond what anything But that then we you just take control. a garden hose to the computer. You know what I mean? It'll, it will progress <laughs> we, beyond we anything have that we can control. I mean, there's or, so much in the cloud and so much data set. Can you just hose data? down a Terminator? Like, I, Terminator I basically is that it's like it will get to the point where we can't control it or stop it. It will shut us down. It will shut the the power grids down. We will be completely like and. But there's no money in that. That's the pro- that's my and, problem with that theory. Well, it's like, not necessarily the point of money, and I feel like this is also just a common thing where it's like. Like it's the argument that man is curious and man wants to be in control, but they push their bounds too much. And you see, like you know, this happens in real life. You see the storyline, Prometheus, and, and it, exactly, you see the storyline all over in like fantasy and sci-fi movies, Jurassic Park, Godzilla. The I just read this. Of man. Exactly, the overreach of man yeah. to where you know, let's let's see how far we can go until you realize you have gone too far and you have screwed yourself over. Somewhere there's got to be somebody making a dollar off of it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I get Elon the Musk. I get the idea. Look, that guy's a clown. But you know what I mean? Like the richest he, man in the world's tweeting about not getting laid. 
to, to <laughs> yeah, sidestep the allegations he that he still fucked. make a dollar off of automating all well, that. Yeah, he's of trying to bring up those uh one of the the birth rates or whatever, right? He has like a dozen children or something. Which is yeah. weird. Make it, it's is, making up for those uh Bill millennials. Gates is trying to put down the birth rates. By the way, how funny is it that the a guy who looks like he has the softest penis in the world has a company named Microsoft. <laughs> is this is this fertile territory? Is this already been talked about? It's fertile territory. I've never heard it. So it, it has been talked about, but not as much as it should. I know. Oh, it's okay. like the guy who probably definitely has the opposite of a hogarino. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying he has a micro penis. I just think it's not that big. You know, I would I would go I would go tip to tip with him any day of the week. <laughs> I mean, and you got to overcompensate for something. Yeah, exactly. That's why he has an X-Wing in his house. Doesn't that piss you off? Not, the, Wait, not, not, not because you want an X-Wing, but because it's one of the gayest things you've ever heard. He's got billions of dollars, so he had a, a full-size X-Wing built, and he had it like placed, like installed in his house so he can sit in it and pretend he's Luke Skywalker. 100%. That, can, that, is the, that has the ability to go into space. No, no, it's just, it's like <laughs> yeah. a, it's like if the it one did, at- did, that'd be cool. It's the one at, uh, what's the toy store? Uh- Toys KB Toys? No. Is it KB Toys? Is the big one with the X-Wing hanging from the ceiling? No, I think she got it that it's uh, it uh, Toys R Us. Us. Like it's the one in Toys New York. Us. It was a big, it was, I think it was KB Toys. It was the big the big one that had the piano from Big. Hey, it might have mm. been KB Toys. FAO Schwartz? Yeah, it's FAO Schwartz. Yeah. It's got the, it's got the big keyboard from Big. I never got to go to toy stores. That movie's about a kid who wishes for a bigger penis, right? <laughs> That's what that's about. And then he fucks. Uh, if, if that's what you want to interpret that. from that film, then sure. That's what I always assumed it was about. I never rented it, though. Um, so you bought it? No, I never, even bought, it. I never okay. watched it. Oh. I've never seen the film. The only Tom Hanks movies I've seen are like Toy Story and uh, Elvis. Yeah, Elvis, where he played that fat tumor <laughs> of a man. What about the Santa Claus? Oh, Did no, you go see Elvis? Tim my Allen. grandma wants to see that so bad. What, Elvis? Yeah. My grandma How loves old that is man. She? Um, well into her seventies, probably like seventy five. Tell her to buckle up. It's a wild oh ride. <laughs> it's a good movie, so, but it's a visual. I'm like, so excited for it, her. It's it's like a, it's a visual like roller coaster. It's definitely a fucking cool looking movie. We we were we, we saw it and there was a Russian family next to us, and uh, we yeah, where they brought the ten year old child <laughs> and like a fucking He-Man playset or something like for the kid to play with. And at one point, I'm not even kidding. Elvis is performing on the screen. In the movie, and the grown ass woman goes, Woo! <laughs> like she's at a concert. She's having a flashback. She's yeah, just like, oh. but She's not even old enough. It's like, but I think because she's Russian, maybe only <laughs> certain American culture permeates through the, firewalls. Th- through the firewalls of Russian culture. So they're like super into Elvis. And Cadillacs. Yeah, Cadillacs, Elvis, and Cowboys. I mean, you we've been to plenty of movies where people have started shouting at the screen and started cheer, cheering and wooing and yeah, they're called even Marvel at the, at the yeah. Well, yeah. well no, well, even it was at the Aquaman. wrong parts. It was like um he was he, I think he was reunited with his mother or something, and there's just this group of just I don't know if they were teenagers, early Definitely college, whatever they were. That but they're just like kiss her, kiss her, and then Ew. everyone's like really? clapping and cheering and because he's reunited with his mother and it's just kiss her, and I'm just all like is this what what is this? is this a Star Wars? I'm, I'm I thought Elvis was about to start making out with his mom in that movie. He had a weird relationship with his mom. Yeah. If that movie is to be believed, Ooh. Some it was people bizarre. Get real, she'd get real close to him like this while she talked, 
And if he turned at all, they'd be making out. I, I think Ooh. it's because Boz Lerman doesn't know how to shoot anything without sex. Like he's, <laughs> he's an inherently sexual being. Everything about, he oozes sexuality. So I think every, even when he's shooting a scene between a mother and a son, it's like, there's gonna there's gonna be fuck fumes in the air. There's an there's an Oedipus complex yeah. there all the time. I guess it's just it, there's fuck fumes coming off of the screen whenever that happens. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when people clap at the end of a movie. It's like what this Russian bitch did. It's like it's like they, c- come on, like d- don't do that. That sucks. Like <laughs> I I want to live that experience just so I can overpower that other individual just so they know how obnoxious they're being. You mean physically? Like, you know, like even when people start clapping at the end of a movie and you just do it even louder. And oh, more you do obnoxious. it to, just to highlight how obnoxious they're being. There I just, go. I think, I think this woman was just like, you know, Elvis, number one, it, it, it could have been a Russian woman or a Chinese woman that would have had the same reaction to seeing Elvis. He uh, pelvic swaying right yeah. into the firewall, baby. It was like, she was having that orgiastic reaction that the women in the movie were, where they're like, and that's like, again, they shoot it really well. That scene where the girl's like, sitting with her boyfriend and he's heckling Elvis. And I, I wish people who make these biopics, they should watch walk hard because walk hard kind of has the last word in all this. Like they do the literal scene in Elvis where he plays his first song and he's nervous. And then the women start like throwing their panties on the stage and, and like, <laughs> like having that, like, like coming in their panties moment, you know, um, fucking walk hard did that. And then I watched the trailer for Monroe the other day. And there's literally the scene from Walk Hard where the the guy's like, Mr. Cox, we're ready for you. The Monroe uh, trailer starts with, Miss Monroe, we're ready for you. It's like they haven't seen the thing that parodied them. It's like if, you know, if the Beatles weren't aware of the monkeys, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and they just like, we're, awesome. they we're like, oh, hey, they should open for us, you know? Just the complete lack of awareness is astounding to me. But I liked Elvis a lot. Um, your grandmother's going to have a wild time with it. It's definitely like my mom was like, I was confused by it. And it's because it's like a Boz Lerman, like the camera doesn't stop moving through time and space and there's weird colors and it's just like everything's covered in rhinestones and flashiness. And like the movie doesn't stop for a breath ever, like ever. Neither did Elvis. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was really sad. That last performance where he's just like covered in sweat and fat as shit (laughs) and bloated. And he's got like 30 pounds of, peanut butter lodged in his colon and he's just like singing unchained melody and it's it's, it's beautiful but it's like you look at his face and you're like god damn it we really we wreck our stars like we run them right into the ground there's no there's there's no more quintessential example than that yeah from him maybe uh, who else died horrifically like that Farley Farley definitely. Yeah. He did like a shitload of drugs. Yeah, yeah he, he burnt out pretty, pretty. Wasn't Belushi wildly. the same? Yeah, people like to say Belushi was super fat, but you look at him and he's like, he's got most father's bodies. Like he's got a dad bod of today. Yeah, he's he like Farley was bigger than Belushi in terms of fatness. You know. Absolutely. Um, so back to your point on like ripping ripping things off and not fully being aware of it. So I okay. finished I finished this book last week. I've been reading, I, I've been starting a uh, almost like a book club with my coworkers. We've been picking a book. We've been trying to finish it before the month. I heard about the, Kylo uh, Ren's pinky finger. Oh my gosh, listen. Yeah. that my, my best friend would die by that book. Um, she Ugh. loves it so much and it's just so funny. Um, so to, to fill you in, the book is the, the Love Hypothesis, I believe by Allie Hazelwood. 
and it's very popular, very popular on TikTok. And I've been I've been trying to give some of these TikTok books a try, and some of them I just find very disappointing. TikTok and so book it's called Book Talk. If you're real oh, cool, um, the but anyway, side of TikTok. Yeah, yeah, basically, I mean, listen, it's really boosting a lot of like book sales, and I'm sure like seeing more people in the library for these specific titles. Um, but it's it's really it's it's making a comeback. Um, but anyway. She, my, my best friend read this book and she's like, I absolutely loved it. You have to read it. It's fantastic. And I'm like, all right, give it a shot. And I'm just reading it out of spite at one point. I'm like, it has to get better. It has to get better. I read it in less than 48 hours and I was so pissed off. Well, the the real quick, the reason I said the peaky ring, isn't there a, 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 a large portion of the book dedicated to so, how big his pinky ring is. No, no. So it's, it's a Raylo fanfic, Kylo Ren and Ray from star We're Wars. Explaining it's, this to you. And so, and, and if you look at the cover, it's it, the guy looks just like Adam driver. Um, it's this small, like brown haired girl. And it is just like, so, and we read it with one of our other friends. And so she was scrolling through TikTok, and they were talking about Adam driver's pinky finger is a ring size nine. And just talking about like you know he he's a just just a large fair dude. Dan, isn't and so, your ring finger a size nine? Uh, it's size ten now. So hold it up for the class. It's a shade shade smaller than that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but um, but just talking about his pinky finger, and I think she brought it up, and then she's like, "Does it really put like the perspective of that book in a little bit more about yeah. like how how hot this? How did they reverse engineer how big his pinky was?" I, Were they taking you, pictures where he's holding things and I mean, comparing it and doing like... What, he was in that House of Gucci movie. I'm sure yeah. they put enough rings on his finger or something. I don't know. So, the, so somebody leaked it. They're like... Probably. Oh, yeah, it could have been like yeah. screenshots. His yeah. smallest finger is yeah. not... Adam Driver. Driver. supposed to be him? Like, yeah. Oh. Let me see. Yeah. It's um I I wouldn't oh, yeah, I mean Kylo it was Ray, it was sure. cute it was fluffy. That's fucking I, pathetic. Ew. That makes me want to sh- fucking put a barrel of a loaded gun <laughs> in my mouth. It was, yeah. um, I mean, I, I didn't love it. It was not my cup of tea, obviously. My, my best friend would die by that so book. so sad. It's, um, listen. It's such a sadness. Some, some of the most hey buddy, popular that's how, books that's how are. Was exactly. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. There's this, um, piece of art compared to that. Romance series called After. That's people being mad about how a, a, a trilogy of Star Wars movies played out. So they wrote their own smut book about it that didn't even get sexy, from what I understand. I mean, it, it, it just. It wasn't intention. I don't think it was intended to be a smut book. It was more like a contemporary romance. Like there's a difference between having millennials are so sexless. There's there's a difference between having one to two like sex scenes and then like like what front to back exactly no like I I want to hear about throbbing members. Well, and and (laughs) that's manhood. That's an area in the bookstore that the pungent smell exactly. You just have to you have to find those darker covers. Um. There's a lot of, I mean, I mean, there's plenty of that in the bookstore. You're just not, you're not looking for it. You're not finding the stuff it. that would make Jordan Peterson angry. Yes. You know, women like porn with pirates and werewolves and vampires. What was it? Dra- Dragon Shifter came up for one of my coworkers the other day. And I was like, girl, I was like, what are you reading? And, uh, fuck? um, oh, another, another like great bad, one. Bad dragon dildo situation. I, I yeah. don't, I don't know. Have you but seen anyway, this about this? you know not, what I'm about? She referenced it earlier and tell, told me that is not, that is, to what not to do. What don't fuck a bad dragon dildo? Well, I, no, I think dragon shifter is like your love interest shapeshifts into a dragon. I think that's what that's getting at. It's so like it's a There is a market for this fan- because the bad dragon dildos are made to look like if a dragon were real, what its cock would look like. And it has like a pump in it that'll shoot goo. Yeah. 
I'm sure there's like a package deal where you can get that and like the top five, yeah. like Dragon Shifter. Yeah, probably. Um, but That's another one, vile. another one that I think would be appropriate to bring up would be uh, we Ice Planet Barbarians. Say, Ice Planet Barbarians. I couldn't remember the title for a second. Um, I believe the author is Ruby Dixon. I guess she wrote this probably about ten Ruby years ago, Dixon. and it, it was it was only it was only ebooks <laughs> until Ruby. until someone on TikTok found it. And it blew up. It blew up. This poor, this poor lady is probably just sitting on her couch one day, and all of a sudden she has like ten some, grand in her bank some account. Some fat lady who works in accounts receivable at a company, and she but, just like wrote this in her spare time. But basically, it sounds like it is just porn with some plot. And it's, uh, I think, the first fun. one. The first one, it's um, the girls abducted by these ice planet barbarians, and nice. the whole thing is just. Breeding kink, got to repopulate the planet or whatever. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's really, uh, I have not read it. My my friend jokes about it. She has read it. She convinced her um, fiance to listen to the audiobook, And he's like, you know, she writes really well. It's very well written, but it's very disturbing for me. That's really Being weird. a grown ass man. Um, yeah. But she, then she wrote like another 17 and they're slowly, like there were only eBooks. They were only like Kindle unlimited books, which are known to be smutty for those of you that don't. Um, but they're just slowly coming in print. I saw another one at, a, at my job the other day. So in, in 30 years, are there still going to be books like this? Cause I feel like everybody's getting less. Like I said, millennials don't fuck anymore. Like there's not going to be like a good book that where there's a passage like, and then he held me down and fucked me, you know, <laughs> like there needs to be that there needs to be a breeding kink book for, for those ladies with the... You're saying that these are necessary. Evil. Yes, they're necessary, passion. of course. True. Women need this too. Women get off on words, not images all the time. If there's if there's one thing I understand, it's women and, <laughs> and what they're like. Please tell me more. Yeah, it's... With your... Uh, it's the, it's yeah. No, it's like, listen, it's words. Words that women like and they want to be overpowered. That's what it is, bucko. Ninja genitalia is voice activated. No, I'm doing Jordan Peterson. I was doing a Skeletor bit. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> but to, uh, to dr- drift away from the spicy smut of uh, some some of our besties readings. Um, yeah, what I else just, we got? I, well, I just, I just finished this book. It's called uh, Into the Drowning Deep by Mira, Mira Grant. Anyway, it was a fantastic book. Fabulous read. I, I loved every bit of it. But in like the last 10 pages, I'm like, She's about to go down. What's happening? Into the crowning. And it, um, and it basically ended like how to train your dragon too. Like, so the whole premise is, Oh man, listen. Oh, all right. So, so I watched, I I watched (laughs) how to train your dragon too as a grown man. And I thought it was was pretty sick. I was very, I was very, uh, I, I seem to get very upset about that. Does the dragon hold books. down the kid and fuck him? No, there's no fucking. This uh, entertainment company, they kind of do, they kind of like, um, kind of like the History Channel where they go to try to find Bigfoot and Monster Quest and whatever. They, I'm very they do this. With that, yeah. they, basically, this. Are you talking my language? This, uh, this fictional company in this book. They basically do that where they go and they try to find Bigfoot. And so they're big, they're big thing for this one. They went to the Mariana Trench to find mermaids. Tight. And like all communications got lost and then the navy found the boat just a brutal just bloodbath no no humans alive just everything is just dead gore vicious, like vicious violent. murdering and then yeah. it's like well did they fucking find them and then there was like in the book like um video was leaked and it was it was very good it was very good and everything and then though they go they rediscover them and the ending basically ends like how to train your dragon and then you see the big queen dragon 
corrupt or whatever. And it's kind of like, this is, this is the same thing. This is how to train your dragon too, where basically all the tiny little mermaids are start working for the queen, like, like a queen bee aspect kind of. And so I read it and I was really disappointed. I was just kind of like, this is, this is how to train your dragon too. I'm sure. I'm sure Miss Grant really enjoyed this film, <laughs> but it was, it was, I mean, I mean all like all in all, it was a, like a fabulous book. It was like the last 10 pages where I would pick a bone. Was Sebastian and Flounder uh, together like R two three PO style? Were they gay together? No. I want you to think I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm pretty but sure I heard Flounder. You said Little Mermaid, and that made me I'm, think of that. I'm pretty sure Flounder was basically a child. Yeah, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's the play version of the Little Mermaid, and what's funny to me is so like it's still divided into like three acts, like a play would. Mm-hmm. And so the first too long. Yes, every play is too long. Basically, for this, for the Little Mermaid, so they set up in the beginning that Flounder has this like undying Autism. crush for Ariel, yeah, and then never revisit it again. So anyway, so not to not to take away much. <laughs> so in other words, it, it ended with the we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. All the mermaids come out and swirl around, and then the, the queen comes out, and it's like this is the big reveal of this new race of creatures in the well, in the trench. It, they didn't actually like show or like really describe it. It was just more like the implication of it. Mm. But they did say like you know that's the only way the second one survived was that they. It was something like they turned the lights on and spooked it because the Mirana Trench is so dark. It was like startling or whatever. Um, But anyway, they avoided it, avoided like getting totally just massacred. Or a Motel 6 would survive in the Mariana Trench because they'll leave leave the light 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 on on for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Drew's got one every week. But it was... uh... That sounds interesting. I like the the depiction of mermaids where they're violent and gory. Like uh, the, the Japanese are, depiction is pretty tight, where it's just like a a monster on the top with a fish tail. It's they're they're. I think it's more like they're based off of eels, and they yeah. go and they 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 don't go into they're the biology so much that it's like over your head. Yeah. But they describe it very interestingly. They like talk about like their their fictional like hunting habits or everything yeah. like that. It was very. It was. All in all, very interesting. Like, one hundred percent would recommend five stars. Drew, it's you just like, uh, like a bone with the last ten monster pages. stories and are also a virulent racist. You should introduce her to H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. <laughs> that's a perfect. She, she was spooked. already into H.P. Love, well, at least yeah. Cthulhu, uh, Cthulhu before I even met her. If Wait it's a uh, so, if it's anything like. I really enjoy that, like just uncontrollable natural aspect, like Jurassic Park, Godzilla, where it's like. Like the human race steps too far and they just get fucking wiped. Like Have you it's seen my Shin favorite. Godzilla? I don't think so. I no. will. But it's. Uh, I will beat this drum until Drew's ears bleed. Watch that movie. It's so fucking good. You'll love it. It's but like it's I the just, best Godzilla movie, hands down. I just enjoy that like aspect of just you know na- nature will wipe us back the fuck out. It's yeah. my favorite. Nature nature bites back. You'd also like the movie Lamb. The themes of that movie are like exactly the same. And uh, it's got the chick from Prometheus in it and uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the original one. Yeah. Um, it's got, it, it takes place in Iceland. That's why, it, you know. That's why you love it so much. Yeah, that's why it tickles my little pink penis. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's, it's about, yeah, taking from nature and nature taking back. But it's done at a very small scale, family level, family drama level, as opposed to a big skyscrapers falling down and stuff. But I like both. You know, and um, I always I'm talking about like how like 
my favorite kind of monster movie or anything like that is when there's like people, smart people trying to figure out what nature's doing to fuck with them and how to get around it or how to fix it or how to, that's what I hate about Godzilla movies. It's always like, oh, it's a family that's getting torn apart and put back together and Millie Bobby Brown uh, has got a podcast or whatever the fuck was in the last movie. <laughs> I hate it. So it, it was, you know, it's not, it's none of that shit. It's all very much like clinical, dry sciencey, and then creepy, realistic monster destruction. And it looks realistic to the point of like, if you see natural disaster coverage like Katrina or when the tsunami hit in Japan, which is what I think what it's based on. Yeah. That's what the, the, all the footage is like. It looks just like that. It's handled very, like it's not played up for jokes or anything. It's handled like deadly serious. Um, but it also kind of pokes fun and satirizes how the Japanese uh, government responds to emergencies, which is very poorly. <laughs> like they like, well, we need to go to the thinking room before we make a decision. And right now we're in the decision room. So let's go across to the thinking room so we can think about this decision we have to make. And then they go across to the other room and then they deliberate in there and they're like, okay, okay, good. We're in agreement. Let's go to the decision room and go to make the decision. And meanwhile, people are like getting fucking pasted by Godzilla. Uh, yeah. So I saw a nope. I know you guys haven't seen it yet, but what'd you think of it? I loved it. Loved it. I thought really? I wasn't going to like it as much as uh, his last two because I heard. What was the last one? Us? Us. That he did? Yeah. yeah. That was fun. It was a great movie. It was, it was like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. That's what it felt like with a weird twist at the end. Um, but yeah, I love UFO movies and this is like a definitely a different take on it. Mm-hmm. Not going to ruin anything, but it's not, it's, it's got more in common with like a monster movie than it does like an alien invasion movie. Is it like one of those movies that's technically, it's technically classified as a horror movie, but you're not really going to get scared from it. It's definitely got horror elements to it. I mean, there's a couple scenes that are just really fucking scary, but he's, he's a completely original filmmaker. So it's, it's hard to classify it in any, you know, it's not like I can't compare it to like Halloween yeah. or, you know, this, or I try to think of op- options that aren't just John Carpenter, but you know what I mean? Like I can't compare it to stuff like that. Um, you can't even compare it to like Spielberg, which is kind of what he's doing a take on. It's about the themes of it are like when, what he's talked about a lot is like spectacle and not only spectacle, but also exploitation uh, of, something that can cause a spectacle. You know, you get TMZ or uh, Logan Paul shooting footage of a guy hanging himself in the uh, in the suicide forest or whatever, which is also extra funny because Logan Paul got on Twitter and was like, this movie sucked. I don't get it. And it's everybody's like, yeah, it's it, about you. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. about people like you. And like, yeah. he, I, I saw the tweets about that and he made like multi-thread It was a whole thread. Comments. Everything he, he said was- He was like a professional movie critic. Everything he said was dealt with and answered in the movie if you were like paying attention and yeah. not looking at your phone every five seconds. Like that's that was like just basic level stuff. I think one of the things he said was like, um, like he asked who one of the characters were and I was like, they explicitly said, oh, the explanation for why one event happens early in the movie. He's like, they never- explain that at all. It's just mystery for the sake of mystery. It's like, no, there's like literally a line where they say, you know, the government said it was this, but we really think it was that. It's like that everything is like dealt with. So I don't, I don't know. He's, I never go to him for any kind of like intelligent discourse, but, um, it was still hilarious. It was funny to like, he's, he's went right over his head. It went right over his head. It's just like, it's about you dipshit. It's about you. It's like, he's Steven Ewan and, 
the in the movie. A, a, something tragic happened around him. Um, Steven Yeun's character is more sympathetic mm-hmm. the, than Logan Paul is in real life. You know, kind of happened to Yoon's character rather than happening because of Logan Paul. Um, and then you use that momentum and capitalized on it and kept cashing that in until, you know, the spectacle became something you couldn't control anymore and couldn't exploit anymore. And it ended up hurting people. That's like the, and what Peel is really good at doing is like all the themes connect. Like it's like one of those questions you get in high school where it's like, you have to draw the line from one thing to the other. Like, like this is to this or whatever. And you, so it's like, uh, Every single little detail of the movie, it, it you think about it after the fact, you go, oh, that's why that, oh, that's such fucking cool. Like, you know, there's like a, a repeating image of a balloon. It's used like as a throwaway thing and something that happens in a subplot, which again, he like, people like him were like, the subplot with the monkey was stupid. And it's like, no, 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 it's about, it's like, it's setting up a theme that the movie is is seeing through to its most wild conclusion involving monsters from outer space. Like, um, get startled because a balloon pops and a balloon popping figures in somewhat to how the, the film climaxes. So yeah, I fucking loved it, but the crowd hated it. I was leaving and there was this like older couple behind me and they were like, older or old, older, middle-aged, uh, and, and, uh, they were like, you know, would you see it again? Nope. Did you get what happened? Nope. That was like their bit they were doing on the way out of the movie. And I was just talking to Caitlin like the whole way home about it. I was like, I love this about it and this connected with it. And like, you know, it's just, it, it rewards you for paying attention and hanging on every scene throughout the entire scene rather than just like having every scene play out in five seconds and then, oh, oh don't worry about that. On to the next thing. What's this? I don't get it. It doesn't matter. Look, hey, check it out. It's this guy. Uh, remember Jeff Goldblum? Here he is. You know, like, like it, it's, you know, remember that quote? It's just like over and over and over and over again. This is just like a, an old style, old fashioned movie. I also saw a movie that I don't think Caitlin liked very much. Uh, it was called Personal Shopper with Kristen Stewart. I remember you talking about that earlier today yeah i've never even you heard, heard of, of it that. it's it's a french film Kristen stewart was in a french film she's been in a couple yeah but this, this same guy actually yeah and she does it's just uh, like it's not french language it's mostly english but it's a french writer director guy and um she is a personal shopper to a model but the movie's really about Grief. It goes in a bunch of different directions, and some people may not might not like that because they might find it to be unfocused. But it's another one of those things that like each little vignette deals with another spoke of the wheel of grief that is the overall encompassing theme mm-hmm. of the movie. And it's and it's one of those movies that I love because the climax of the movie is a text conversation that you're on the edge of your seat watching, like back and forth. And the scariest thing that happens, because it's also like a ghost story, and the scariest thing that happens is like a cup moves and falls off of a countertop. But it it really gets you, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's incredibly effective in what it sets out to do. And Kristen Stewart, I think, is like one of the best working actors today. Um, yeah, like she got a lot of trash for Twilight, Twilight yeah. but she's honestly... She out, elevates anything she's in. Even that movie, like I always talk about Underwater, like I would not have liked that movie half as much if she hadn't brought what she brought to it. Like it's, she is so solid in whatever she does. Like I'll watch anything <laughs> with her. Even Zathura. I didn't see Zathura. It's, 
I mean, you know what? Do you know what's about? Like, no. it's, it's space updated Jumanji. Oh, uh, did Favreau direct it? Maybe I think he did either that or Mars Needs Moms. One of those he directed. I, uh, but she just played a sassy older sister, and like I was watching it at the time, just trashing on Kristen Stewart because she was still doing Twilight. I was just like, where? Where was this? You gotta make your start somehow. Like all these people yeah. that want to come after like Disney kids or whatever. Like they're just, I mean, just just like any job, you're starting out. Sure, you're not great at it. Well, you get better, hopefully. And you know, either it it comes and goes. Like I feel like it. It's, like a it's easy. It's easy to poke at. Comes and it goes. It's cyclical. Yeah. It's like poetry <laughs> and rhymes. <laughs> Drew's the key to all this. <laughs> if we can get Drew to stop being racist. <laughs> We never had a character this racist before. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of, yeah, but Dan and I watched that movie Cure, which I sent you a link to. I hope you get around to watching it before it gets taken down again. Yeah. If not, it's coming to the Criterion Collection. It's on YouTube because it's out of print and uh, it's got like, it's sitting at like 83 views right now because <laughs> it's a, it came out in 97 and it was like the height of Japanese horror renaissance. Like when Ringu came out and this guy also did a movie called Pulse that's really, really scary. And again, it's like the scariest things about these movies are like a shot of somebody holding a knife. That it's everything that happens in the 30 minutes around it is what makes it super scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, it very flat. Not flat because the blocking is really nicely done. I don't want to say flat. It's pretty much everything's in a wide shot. And like Dan said, you were saying it's like mesmerizing. Yeah. It, like, it, it takes you on a very... F- interesting psychological adventure yeah it's like the, the the blocking is very mannered the camera work is very mannered um the moves are all there for a reason they're very important nothing seems to be by accident um it's very 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 deliberate film the by the time you get one of your first close-ups it's like scary to even have a close-up because you're so lulled into this sense of security that you're watching everything from an arm's length and then it finally happens and you're like, oh, that's why he's been in wides this whole time. Because, you know, now I'm kind of experiencing the same thing. It's kind of like it's the themes of that movie is like language is a virus and this character carries a disease that is transmitted via that language virus. And it goes from person to person to person. And that's kind of what and, and then at the same time, it plays with themes like uh the horror of being in disbelief of something and then finding out that it's real in the most horrifying way possible. It's kind of like seven and only in the way that it kind of ends. Yeah. It's not ruining anything either. It's just like in the way that the, the antagonist of the film kind of plays everybody up until the very last second, even when you think that they got him, you know, it kind of still plays into his hand, even up right up till the credits. Like, that people compare it to Seven because it's like a police procedural with a weird element of you know solving crimes and they're all they're linked but they can't find you know they they find the guy who perpetrates the crimes every single time so they they don't have a serial killer to go after but these crimes keep happening the same way mm-hmm. and each body is found with an X carved into its like throat and so like what is because they like, they don't really set information to the public. It's not a copycat. Like, who are we not getting? Who are we missing out of each of these cases? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you start to see that unravel. And you're one half step ahead of the detective, but just enough for him to be like, you know, for it to be enjoyable to watch him discover something and, and come to a conclusion. And then you discover something together. That's in, in, in that way, it's like seven, kind of. It's um, like, like all, all of that sounds 
extremely interesting. I am going to get around to watching it. Yeah. And, like, I know... But you're like, hear me out. Like, when, like when you... F- Marvel Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> like, the... Because, like, when you sent me the link, the first time I went to go watch it, and it was it was DMCA claimed on YouTube already. Yeah. I was, like, the 100th viewer, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, uh, it's, it's time. Well, that you, one was... Yeah, it was old, um, but yeah. Yeah, so... In lieu of that, I think I ended, I ended up watching Bombshell, which was... <laughs> yeah, you want to tell me about this. was a fucking... It was a confusing ass movie in the sense of just its tone because like it's it's about the the Roger Ailes Fox News um, myth myth the of, legend of that fat fuck yeah <laughs> of of him sexually harassing women and all that was and that all it was focused on it wasn't about like the birth of Fox News it was about just it was the, not at all yeah it was just about Roger Ailes basically um, but like and like through the lens of like these three women like it quickly breeze past the the actual birth of Fox News and like a, a quick little VO narration thing. Right. But it was very strange. Like they, they knew that they needed people to watch this and this was a very politically driven movie because um, it's it's literally about Fox News and if you read the reviews it's just like it's about Fox News. I fucking hate it. And the whole first half of it is just like jerking off the Fox News. It's just like, you you hear Margot Robbie straight up say, it's like, but it's working for Fox News. I want to work here. And then the second half of the movie oh, is like shitting on Fox News. To be where, so yeah. it's, like, it's like this. Like they're uh, trapping this, people in and then. But that, that, see, that bothers me because it's like these, these innocent, uh, again, victims are, uh, I'm not going to victim shame or anything like that, but yeah. like, I'm not going to be like, these bitches do what they were getting. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is like people who are hungry and want to be on TV, they do hear things about what goes on at a place like Fox News and they know they're kind of making a deal with the devil. Again, not to get assaulted, not to get molested, but to work for a place that's sh- kind of shitty and that kind of peddles narratives yeah. that get there, people riled up. And there was like a couple characters in the movie that were also like that. Like they're, was a character in there who was a lesbian Democrat. To find, to, and it's just to, like, I'm here because no one else will take me because they, like, I say that I'm on Fox News and they're like, it's a shitty place to work. Yeah. Here. To say that somebody who gets into the news world uh, and then becomes cynical after working in news is a is a fiction is a complete like fantasy to me because like on your way to that place to that mountaintop you're going to find your cynicism you know what I mean yeah. like that's what I like the um there's one called the loudest voice where Russell Crowe played Ailes and like Seth MacFarlane was in it he played like his uh like a like a little Fox News goody good boy and and in this one it was more about the rise and the creation of Fox News mm-hmm. and they kind of skirted past and alluded to the like the assaults and th- and things like that, but they did paint him as this like grotesque goblin ghoul of a man. Oh yeah, no, they still did that yeah. in this movie that he he like he worked for Nixon for John, a while. John Lithgow is a fat fuck that did you yeah, know, that conspired yeah. with Nixon. Did and, you know he pitched Fox News to Nixon back when he was in his cabinet? And Nixon said, you know, no, it's too flashy. I can't, I can't have it. <laughs> You know, he did because Nixon was a Quaker. You know, he was like a, a simple man that came from poverty and he didn't believe that uh, like like the news should be politicized in a way that was like what Ailes was pitching, which like was sensationalized. like sensationalization. Exactly. 
I mean, Nixon definitely would want to bend a narrative. I'm not saying he was like a good guy who yeah. definitely always wanted to tell the truth and, and, and get the news to the people. But he, he, he was just like, no, that's too flashy of an idea. So he carried that idea around with him until finally um, Rupert Murdoch got with him and then they, they kind of birthed this thing and created this 24-hour, helped to popularize a 24-hour news cycle. I don't. I I've watched the whole thing. Don't remember a single detail about it, other than it showed, like brick by brick, how they built that agency mm-hmm. and how he was kind of boxed out or whatever. But yeah, they never made him like sympathetic. But I, what I also liked is like they painted the women as like, just like anybody else in that industry, they're trying to make their way to the top. Again, I'm not saying that they should be. You know, you, you get into the business, you got to pay the toll. That's not it. Like those people who are now that it's coming out that uh, that Marvel visual effects artists are being underpaid and overworked and stuff, yeah. and then there's a bunch of nerds on the internet that are like, "Well, don't do the work." Then it's like that's not the take. The take is they should unionize. They should if these movies are making a fucking trillion dollars, these people should be compensated well yeah. and not worked down to the bone. They these guys know what they're going to make six years before the next phase, so give them a little lead time and don't really worry about spoilers that much because. Honestly, these are fucking. You're making cartoon movies, you know. They're the ones spoiling it, actually. I mean, the whole premise is making storylines off of pre-existing comics. So right. You can't be spoiling yeah. that. I mean, of course, there's the twists and the turns, and what are they going to do next? Right. But you're really not ultimately spoiling too much, right? But I'm like, I'm not so, so to that, and I'm not, I'm not being that kind of guy where I'm like, well, they should get, they can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, the women that were getting into that business. Um, they had to be tough. They did get taken advantage of. They did get assaulted. It's horrible. It's bad. I, I think it's right that they got a payout if they got a payout. That that one lady got like something like eight or nine million from O'Reilly. I don't know what the fuck he did, but Damn, he it apparently was horrendous. It was an insane payout for that person. So whatever she had to suffer through, I don't know. But um, it, it was a cabal of monstrous, just monstrous, lecherous. Vile creatures, you know, and and that's not just because they're Republicans. That's because they're just these like predatory people in the entertainment industry, disgusting human beings. Yeah, and, just, well, they have enough money to pay off right. whoever and whoever they yeah. need. And well, I have a better lawyer than you. They can well, if yeah. you, it's like, well, are they going to believe you? I'm so well established. Right. If I give you this money, will you be quiet? Right. Like it's like the easy that. push under the rug and move on with your day kind yeah. of thing. And they're probably not going to think twice about it. Meanwhile, whoever they assaulted, raped, molested is going to think about it probably on a weekly basis for the rest Daily, of their life. Forever. Yeah. yeah. Like even like that O'Reilly case like nine million out of bill o'reilly's pocket who was like the highest paid person at yeah, fox news that's like a down payment he would get for writing one of his shitty uh like ronald reagan fanfics that you know he, that he would do all oh, those books he puts out like yeah. once a year oh yeah. man he how many books killing has he written? ronald reagan how, yeah how many books is he killing written john kennedy he, the, this, the kennedy probably at least a dozen yeah yeah, yeah. there's one he put out with like bill clinton or those no god no are you kidding me no no it was a, you're talking about the guy James who, patterson that's yeah patterson did yeah that. my bad bill o'reilly and Bill Clinton are both equally like disgusting. Yeah, they're polar opposites. People, but they wouldn't be in. You know, they wouldn't be caught in the, the same room. Yeah. They're, po- they're polar opposites. I mean, I'd like to believe that maybe they meet at the secret rich people meetings, and they're like, hey, "It's a crazy year, right?" You know, but <laughs> they put on the face and go back out and act like they page at the lizard people meetings or whatever. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking that. Yeah. I was like, "Do I do I interject with my lizard people joke?" I like to Always. think it's all lizard people, and then. 
Irish ass Bill O'Reilly. It's like <laughs> it's just like he's he's invited there, and Is he's he the leprechaun. You're in the basically yeah. one of us. He's yeah yeah. You're basically you're you're evil enough to be one of us, even though you're Irish. In fact, if you weren't, you wouldn't be cresting over the the, the toilet bowl of evil that you're cresting over. You know. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, but also, like I liked it better how they played. They didn't play up these women like girl bosses who are going to get it done, and then they get their asses handed to them. By a guy with a weird, like chewed up hamburger penis, which is, I guess, what allegedly what he had. Um, he would like just he had like a micro penis that was also like something happened. I don't know what what the fuck happened, but it was it was the stories about that guy's dick were bad. The same thing with uh, Weinstein. He had like his dick rotted off because of dick. Uh, Dick-itis? In, dick inje- dick injections. Ooh. Like, I guess, like, when dick pills don't work anymore, you have to inject your cock with this, this like, Viagra-type stuff to get it hard. And if you have that many, like, open wounds on an area, it can get infected. And there's a certain kind of infection you can get there that they're, like, in 30 minutes' time, they'll be like, yeah, we got to cut off your cock and balls. That like, guy that guy can't, like, you know, literally stick his dick in anything yeah. anymore because it's just a well, that was little his thing was eating nasty pussy. thing. He, that was his move is oh. to eat pussy. He would, he would want to be like, blah, 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 blah. like he, would, he would really get into it, you know. Good like, for him, then. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. Yeah. Like, that's what, like, the woman in the trial said. Like, I thought he was intersex. And you see his head just go down. <laughs> I'm glad he was humiliated. No, yeah, court. I mean, of course. I mean, the whole thing was humiliating. He had to come out with his walker. That was the funniest thing. <laughs> I just would love to, to, to be on the fly on the wall and that being like, here's the deal. Here's how we're going to make you look sympathetic. <laughs> Female lawyer, walker with tennis balls. That's going to be all we need to win this case. You're going to look like Carl Fredrickson. You're going to, they're going to think of up and then it's going to be. Maybe you should stumble and fall a little bit just for the, just the frail little old man. Do the Willy Wonka fall. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) They'll, they'll remember why they went to the movies. (laughs) That'd be funny if he just like, his whole defense was like Pulp Fiction. Okay, Jackie Brown, you know, what I mean? like he just starts naming off exclusively just, Tarantino movies. Well, yeah, if he just starts naming off movies that he produced, you know what I mean? Like I can only think of those because I don't really know what else he did. Because for me, Tarantino and Weinstein are like inextricably linked. They, they're. Yeah, I think Once Upon a Time was the first one that's not produced yeah. by the Weinstein company. Tarantino. One's I, into feet, one's into really eating pussy. It's yeah. a real, they, they got a weird little cult going women, on. Yeah. I think Tarantino was more of an enabler than actually came out, which is weird that he's as confident as he is when he talks about stuff. Like if you saw him on Rogan and he was like, just t- shots fired at the, f- the family of dead Bruce Lee. He was like shit talking Bruce Lee. Still, like he had won. The movie made like a bajillion dollars. And the story came out and when it didn't even hurt the box office, then he's like, you know, Bruce Lee was a pussy. Like he was still to that, like to that level. He's so, his mind is so fucking out there that like. I think he's definitely on the spectrum. Oh, a hundred percent. Like he definitely is. fucking percent. And it's like people hear him and it's just like, I don't even want to listen to this anymore. So then they did. I like, I think. If only diehards of Tarantino would listen to the full interview of Tarantino. I can't listen to him talk for more than five seconds unless yeah. he's surrounded by black people. And that's the funniest thing you've <laughs> ever seen in your life. Switches. Have you seen that video of him talking to a bunch of black people? No. It's amazing. And he's like, shit, man, you got me freaking out, man. Come on now, man. Come on. Oh, is he like one of those people that like adapts to whoever yeah, he's with? Yeah. Oh, he completely man. like, 100%. he's like, 
He's like, uh, you know, we was on a set. A bunch of rappers show up from the BET Awards. And I'm like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, that's like how he was talking. Yeah. And you can see Jamie Foxx just being so fucking uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> like Jamie Foxx looked like he was about to fucking lunge at Tarantino. Yeah. And then Carrie Washington is there and she's like trying to speak like a normal human being here. And not to say that AAV is not normal, but it certainly isn't normal coming out of a white guy in a Kengel hat. You know, like it, it's, it was just a bad look. And then there's that other, uh, if you look up a video called like Tarantino talks about black exploitation movies and he's just wearing like, a dashiki. <laughs> He's wearing like the Africa flag, Kengel hat and the oh Africa flag like outfit. He would just be a guy running the last video store out of his own pocket. Like there's a comic shop near here where the guy just, he doesn't run the AC. He just opens uh, up the door every day and he just like keeps it going on whatever. I don't know if it's an inheritance or his mother foots the bill for the rent for the place, but he can't be making enough money to keep the doors open. But he goes in every day. That would be Tarantino. He would be like shilling. He'd be selling like old memorabilia and talking to his regulars about like the best Kung Fu movies with the best wire work. If he hadn't made Reservoir Dogs, like undeniable talent. He's, he's an awesome talent, but He's just a weird motherfucking guy. Yeah. And yeah. there are some celebrities that do th- like that do the work, but then you hear them open their mouths and talk like for real, for real. And it's like, just yep. don't ever do that again. Yeah. Don't Keep ever do that again. Silent forever, please. Yeah. John Barenthal is one of those where he's like, he did that hot one show with like frosted tips and he kind of was dressed <laughs> like Bam Margera a little bit. And he's like one of those, he's like a theater yeah. kid. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's like a weird theater guy. Then you think about, you forget about that. Like you like Bruce Willis was a theater guy. You, you think of him as just like this big, tough, ma- tough, manly man. Yeah, it's like, little, Oh, we just went into this gold's gym and we plucked the first yeah, guy. Exactly, off that's of what the it feels like bench press. But it's like, no, he was like, he was like bearing his soul doing Hamlet or whatever the fuck at first, to, you know, get his chops. Um, you know, that's, but, but yeah, some people like you hear them talk and you're like, ah, it sucks, man. Don't do that. That's what like Twitter has ruined. That's what, um, Dr. Dre said. He's like, Twitter has ruined the mystique of celebrity. There used to be this wall between the, the common folk and celebrities where you didn't know about them unless they were like Michael Jackson and they couldn't keep themselves out of the tabloids or they were constantly. And even then like, like the tabloids, parody. you don't believe Right. A word of that shit. It's at least, you know, they don't have like, uh, okay, so like as a recent example, somebody says, oh, Elon Musk is fucking some lady from Google. And then immediately he gets on his Twitter and goes, I haven't had sex in a while, sigh. And it's like, I didn't want to know you were that yeah. much of a fucking lamo. I want to you find, <laughs> find out this shit while I'm at the checkout line at my grocery store and I see the <laughs> yeah. National Enquirer. Exactly. That, that was like the best fucking form of finding out rumors. Elvis comes back to Earth with aliens yeah. talking about peace and... You know, yeah, yeah. I'm on board with that. But For sure. I don't want to see, like you said, Elon Musk. No, I don't want to see his thoughts from, you know, the only person who I want to see getting his thoughts out in real time, you know who I'm going to say? I'm afraid. Go is, on. Is our president. God damn it. <laughs> Donald J. Trump. I mean, yeah. our, our I, former I'm president. Not mad. I'm not mad. No, he's still my president. <laughs> I'm, I'm not fucking mad. I'm fucking with you. No, he was the king of tweeting. He was definitely the funniest guy who's ever tweeted. It was an entertaining. Time. It was the funnest. It was the funniest thing ever. That like it I, was nonsense. It was constantly dude, a family Thanksgiving. Hits. He had hits. 
a family yeah, Thanksgiving. I don't think my Thanksgivings have been that stressful. He's still got it's the like, sauce. It's like, the... what's what's Pop-Pop going to say today? Ooh, shouldn't have said that one. <laughs> oh, he's still got the sauce. You saw the one he said about Elon Musk where he's like, failing business magnate Elon Musk was in my office during my presidency. Uh, talking about the businesses that are running because of government assistance. And if I told, if he was asking me for money and if I would have told him to get on his knees and beg, he would have done it. Like he's like still just, just, just shooting from the hip and killing it. It's just, it was so great to have like those moments in the debates where it's like, uh, you know, you've said these things about women and they like, they try to own them with facts and logic and he would come back with like only Rosie O'Donnell. Like, he was the king, man. Wrong. <laughs> like, You're wrong. He, he was. He sucked, obviously. Like, you know, you don't want him to be the president or whatever. Fine, I get it. But undeniably funny. Like, he wanted to nuke a hurricane. He tried to change the trajectory <laughs> of one. I forgot about that. He was trying to change the trajectory of one with a Sharpie. He was like, but what if it did this? Like, he was, <laughs> it wouldn't be that bad, right? Like, he's like, the, the ratings would be better. He he went to, uh, the, the there was... That relief for, was it Puerto Rico when they got hit really hard with the storm? I think so. Yeah. Was, um, Do you remember when he goes there and he, was, he did the thing where he's throwing the paper towels like a, like a t-shirt cannon type deal? He was like, I don't think I ever like, saw that. Oh my God. He was like throwing paper towels out of the audience. And then he, he's at a press conference. He's like, uh, you know, we're happy to be here to help you guys out. You're really throwing our budget out of whack with this, but you know it's okay. Like it's like it's like the way you would talk to a fail son in rehab. Like you're really fucking up your trust fund with this, but we want you to get better, buddy. It just kind of felt like a really long Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, where you're just like yeah. I. It's like like it's it, in all seriousness. Like was it was was it entertaining to view at like a not stressful aspect? Sure, it was it was silly. It was funny. Yeah, looking it was back, like it a, was funny. But like in the moment, you're just all like, we're all gonna fucking die. Yeah. I was like, we're gonna die. He was trying to start nuclear war, like by calling Kim Jong Un like small dicked and fat. Hilarious. Like, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one way or another, we're gonna get vaporized by nukes, probably. Like that's definitely in the cards for the world. I hope it goes down like that. Like, I hope it doesn't happen in some back room where they make a decision and turn the key. Like, I hope it's like, you know, <laughs> it's plastered for everyone like, to see yeah, it's on like, hey, Twitter. You won't fag it. And then like the world blows up, you know, like that's what I would want. That's the way I would want it to go. You know, I, I don't want it to be, I don't want to go quiet into the good night. I want to go laughing. Like, that's pretty fucking funny. Like the, the fucking, the shockwave is heading towards the house and I'm like, gather the loved ones. Let's read the, his last two tweets. You know, I just, I don't know, man, I, I won't go on truth social. I won't get one of those, but every now and then his stuff will get posted, but he's still got the sauce, dude. He's still got it. He's definitely still got it, but it's funnier now that he's not president because it's like the stakes aren't as high, you know? Well, yeah, like you can just, you can enjoy it from afar. Yeah. It's like, you are not, in any position of power to actually command these, was, any of these forces. He was such a good child. It's, like I remember watching one of his press he's just conferences. an old man flailing. Yeah. I remember watching one of his press conferences with my mom uh, about COVID and somebody was talking to him about that, about like, you know, like, uh, Mr. President, what do you have to say to the people who are scared right now? And, and who just, you know, really need to uh, be told to uh, chill out or whatever. And he goes, I say you're a terrible reporter. I say you're, you're garbage. It's <laughs> like, like, he's not calm. Like a president's supposed to comfort the nation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fireside chat, the, you know, George Bush had that like folksy, I'll make you forget that I'm a war criminal with all my little Bushisms and stuff. Uh, Obama Bushisms. was a very. Bushisms, is that what they're called? Yeah. 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 Like strategy and, you know, uh, 
uh, when when you a- just when, fucking made up words when all angels the time. take wing or whatever the fuck he said. Like uh, um, Obama had an, a, an, a lot of charisma, so much charisma, an amazing ability to, to to turn a phrase and to speak and to and to really cut to the heart of like you know, the average American, even though he was drone striking weddings and fucking getting, getting a bunch of people, not shutting down Guantanamo, uh, not looking into the torture program at all, kind of not reversing any of the, the wartime, uh, presidential, like, um, what is the policy changes that Bush made to give himself kind of unilateral power. Obama was like, yeah, I like that too. But at the same time, he was like, he would make you feel good. He'd make you feel cool. America was cool for eight years. We weren't like when Lisa Simpson goes to can- uh, to some other country on vacation and she like has the Canadian flag on her backpack. She's like, I think it's just better if we lay- keep lay low profile. And it yeah. cuts over to Homer on the, the, the baggage return, waving an American flag, going, <laughs> USA! Yeah. USA! It's like, but, but we I were- I 100% did that when I went- over to other countries, yeah. as I said, it's like, I'm not from the United States. I'm right. Canadian. Yeah. But you didn't have to do that during Obama because it was like, we had a cool black guy. You know how the United States makes fun of Florida, like the Florida yes. man is yeah. just ultimately like that crazy asshat, like mm-hmm. uneducated. That's, that's what America is to the world. Uh, after, after this, uh, I feel like we still are a little a, bit. A very funny um, and smart person once said, we're a third world country wearing a Gucci belt. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's what we are. Absolutely. With a We can't afford health care, but our nails are done. Exactly. You can't. <laughs> don't I don't have health care and I uh, don't have adequate rights, but we're we're vibing. But you have a Nintendo Switch. But I'm driving a Maserati. He has a Nintendo Switch. So you share a Nintendo <laughs> Switch. I don't know? share. You don't share. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, capitalism in this Dan, bitch. You don't you share. Drew, you gotta, you gotta be more careful with the things that I buy for you. The Drew chair is not. You're playing with it over there. It's falling apart, and you're playing yeah, with it. Now it's broken. Look, I don't even know what I did. You break it, you you, buy you're it. breaking it. You're you're over there playing with it, and you know we have a six dollar replacement in my car. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a box. Is what I'm gonna get. <laughs> you'll sit on a box, and she made like a very it. sturdy box too. Yeah. With no backrest. I think I might have legitimately broken this chair. The side with the cooler still works. To keep your shit cold in there. Keep a sandwich, an emergency, uncrustable. Oh, it was gooey at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it was Nutella and honey. <laughs> Those are my favorites. Do you pull the crust off the uncrustable? What? Do you like, you know, like the little seam? That goes around. Peel it. the bread. Yeah, you peel There's the no bread. It's crustable. Goddamn. It looks like a seam. It looks like a ball sack a seam. <laughs> It looks like the seam of a ball sack, so I always peel it off and then eat it with my tongue out. I'm terrified to know what weird? ball sacks you're looking at. <laughs> I don't. Like I don't think. I don't think. No, there's questions. a seam. There's what a seam on the ball sack. Yeah, there's, there's a seam on the ball sack. That looks like it, an uncrustable. But, uh, like but it's like a biological thing where like it's all people start out as women, but the boys get zipped up, like quite literally. It's like biologically zipped up. Yeah. But it's not yeah. as prominent as an uncrustable. I've seen no. your ball sack. If it's, it's a hot day and you're you're hang, you're hangling dangling, and things, you know, I gotta say, can, even at that point, I'm not that bad. That sounds like a you kind of problem where you might need to see a doctor. It can, it can. Well, I've, I'm, I'm older than you, so my balls are lower. My balls hang a little lower pop, than pop with his uncrustable yeah. balls. So <laughs> the, the seam gets a no, little I'm more wrinkly. The seam gets a little wrinkly, right? Yeah. It gets a little, it gets a little knuckle in it. As it goes, I knuckle it. Yeah, it gets, you know, like your knuckle, you have like a little, you know, like a moose knuckle or just like a no, human just knuckle. No, just like the, the human yeah, knuckle, like the lines, you know. Yeah, you get the lines. You get, you know, where it kind of, kind of comes down. 
you know, sometimes they'll just hang real, real low. And that's why. And that's why they wobble to the that's, floor. That's why they wobbity wobbity when they wiggle. <laughs> so, yeah. We didn't talk about any history, but that's okay. <laughs> this, was, this was an entirely different edition of Being Learned Men. Next week, Warren G. Harding and the railroad strikes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, John Paul Getty and uh, fucking, what was his name? Uh, the guy who got eaten by cannibals. Rockefeller? Yeah, what was his first name? Michael. Michael. I did I did my research. Mikhail. Mikhail. Pretty funny story. You'll hear it next week. Until next time. Bye. Good night, everybody.